You are listening to Conversations with Chris Marshall, where I sit down and talk to top real estate investors and professionals who work with investors to find out how to become a top investor. If you are interested in becoming a top real estate investor, then be sure to subscribe to the show and to tune in to new episodes so we can level up and start or scale to success in real estate investing. Welcome back to another episode of the Top Investor Podcast. On the show today is our guest, Marcus Maloney. And Marcus is an incredible wholesaler and real estate investor. We dive into his story and then we take a look at how he does wholesaling. I've had a lot of people ask me about wholesaling and how to get into it. Well, that's what we take a look at today. We take a look at his business, his operations, get some tips and advice about how to build a scalable wholesaling company. And then even towards the end of the episode, he gives us, well, me and him, we actually role play out a little conversation about how you should introduce yourself when you're cold calling someone about their home. All that stuff is very fun. Um, it was a great episode, lots of knowledge. So definitely pay attention if you're interested in being a wholesaler or anything like that. With that out of the way, let me get out of here and get on with the episode. Marcus, thank you so much for being on the show today. How are you doing? Good, sir. I'm doing great, Chris, man. How about yourself? Uh, pretty good. It's been a, a good, fun week. Uh, lots going on. Okay, great, great. And you know what? I got to remember not to be the host because, you know, I'm I'm used to being the host, so I'm in a different seat. All so right. I want to yeah. make sure I don't ask you the questions, right? You can ask me questions. I don't <laughs> mind. But today is about <laughs> you, though. Let's so let, let's get started with your story. Who sure. are you? What is it that you do? And how did you get started in this world of real estate investing? Okay, I'm Marcus Maloney. Um, first and foremost, high school dropout. I went from GD to MBA. Um, so I went from the back of the class to the head of the class. And I'm gonna tell mm -hmm. you guys exactly how that happened, right? So um Growing up, I was just always one of the uh, defiant kids. And I, you know what? I really never shared this with anybody, but my dad, he was from Central America and he basically got kicked out of the, got kicked out of Panama. Um, they said he was too bad. So I guess his traits then transferred over to me. So in school, I was always the rebellious one. You know, I was the one that questioned the teachers always, you know, I was the why kid. Well, why I got to do this? Why I got to understand this? Why I got to learn this? And I guess that just didn't sit too well with some of the teachers. And lo and behold, going through school, got all the way to my senior year and dropped out like three months before, before graduation. Well, I did that because I thought I wasn't going to graduate because, you know, I wasn't doing homework. I didn't want to learn about Christopher Columbus. I didn't want to learn about, you know, Adams and everything like that. I was always the kid in school that was trying to find ways to make money. Mm. So I was always selling stuff, little trinkets, candy, things like that. And um, so I wanted to save my family the embarrassment of me not graduating. So I dropped out three months before. Um, three months before graduation and sitting around the house, you know, my mom was like, well, you got to do something, you know, son, I work, your dad work, your brother's going, going to school and going to college. You got to do something. So I just decided to take it upon myself. Let me just go and try and take the GED. 
uh, and see kind of what I, how I do on it. So it was basically like, let me test it out, see how smart I am, and then I'll know what to study for. Well, mm-hmm. went and I passed it, you know, nice. guys. So I went from the back of my graduating class to now the front because everybody else was still in school waiting on graduation. And, you know, literally a month after I dropped out, I went and took the test. So now I'm done with school and everybody else is in school. So that kind of flipped a light bulb on in my head. You know, it's like, don't follow the trend. Don't always do what everybody else does because you're going to get the same results that everybody else gets. So by doing that, that, that kind of started me in a different direction and a different path. Um, Now, naturally I was still a person that I was a mover and shaker, always wanted to make money, you know, it was hand to fist. So started doing some things illegally, you know, sold some drugs, things like that. Thank God I never got caught, never had a felony or anything like that. But there were some trying times in there, you know, mm. not to say that, you know, I, I, I went scot-free, you know, it's by the grace of God, right? Mm-hmm. I wasn't in prison or in jail. So that was kind of my backstory, you know, but it all, all led to um, growing up on a 49 acre farm just outside of Chicago. Uh, my grandfather, he was a sharecropper from Mississippi, moved his family up North. And again, me, my family, all we always learned those entrepreneurial traits. So when everybody else, all of the other kids, you know, would go school, clothes shopping for back to school, you know, what we had to do, we had to earn that money and we had to invest in order to have that money to get that back to school shopping. So we would, at the end of, well, really like the beginning of spring, let's just say March, um, mid-March, we would buy a piglet. Piglet, 10, 15 bucks from the auction, and we would have to feed that pig all the way till it was time to go back to school. So it was all the way up until like the first week of September. So what I learned from that was we bought low, you know, 10 mm-hmm. to $15, and by the end of the summer, you know, pigs, they'll eat as much as you feed them and it goes by the weight. So we would take them back and, you know, back to the auction and we would get a couple of hundred bucks for those pigs. So my grandfather instilled in us at an early age, you got to learn how to see the opportunity, you know, nobody wanted to do it, you know, because it was work. Right. But he was teaching us a concept of investing at an early age. Um, So, and then that led on to, you know, me understanding the value of a dollar, understanding it, because I already had that quote unquote hustler mindset, wanted to get out yeah. there and make things happen. So now I just needed to know how to do it, you know, in a positive and constructive way. So what happened was my mom, she worked for the state of Illinois as a nurse and she bought two raggedy houses, right? She bought one that was a fire damage house and one that was just an old raggedy rental. And immediately me and my brothers and cousins, we looked at each other was like, man, this is just more work for us. Right. You know, because it was like, okay, you guys do the demo, go in there, pull everything out. Cause these houses were literally trash. But at the end of the day, what, what we noticed was she sold one house. Right. And basically flipped it. This was back in 88, 89. So before flipping was ever a thing, Mm -hmm. she flipped it, made 30 to 40 grand. I can't remember how much it was exactly, but she showed us all the check and was like, Hey, this is, this is how much I made from doing this project. And it took her a little bit over two months to do it. She was like, this is my annual salary. Mm 
you know, wow. working a job nine to five and I made it in two months. And the other one, the rental, we renovated it, everything like that. And we still own that property to today. From so 88. From 88, right? And she bought this property for, I think it was like 1500 bucks. Under It was under three grand. So under wow. three grand, you know, we probably put 40 to 50 into it. So you're all in at, let's just say 60 for a round number. Yeah. But we did, we've we had this property for, what's that, 88 to now? We're at almost, you're at 35 years? 35 years. So that that property, let's just use 35 years. Yeah. We don't have to do decent, <laughs> difficult math, right? Chris? We're real estate investors, not mathematicians. Come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's just say 35 years. Think of how much money that property That's nuts over those 35 years. So again, it taught me investment and yeah. look at everything as an opportunity. Now, mind you guys, I didn't say look at everything as a transaction, but you have to look at everything as an opportunity. So from mm -hmm. there, you know, that was my foray kind of into real estate. So, wow. yeah, you man, I know was it, was, your it was a lot your grandmother that did that? It was my mother. It was, it was your was mother. mother. How did she, how did that concept pop into her head to buy these two properties and flip one and rent the other one out? It was, how did she... <laughs> You know what? I really don't know. But what I can say is my grandfather, both of my grandparents were very entrepreneurial. You know, mm -hmm. one one grandfather owned um, an asphalt company, owned a um, laundromat in like one of the worst areas in Chicago. And then my grandmother, she only had a seventh grade or sixth grade education. And she started a social service agency that we still own to today. So it's just in the blood, Chris is just genes. I can't, I can't take any credit for it. I was just born into a family that understood hard work and how to value a little yeah. and turn that little into much. Yeah. You guys definitely have something in the genes that just allow you to see opportunity. It just Sounds like pounce on it. That's incredible. Um, yeah, man. I I wonder what the the price adjusted for inflation. You know what what was you into now and then? Have you gotten that property appraised? This is not what the show is about to talk about specifically deals, but like that that's a really cool deal. Something you've held on for thirty five years. I'd love to know. Like, yeah, yeah. We haven't we haven't had it appraised, and the reason being is because. Um, we really don't do anything with it. We go in every few years, update it, and we just have tenants that just keep yeah. churning and churning and churning. So, um, you know, we cash flow, what, like 1100 bucks off of that property a month. Yeah. So it's like, why touch it? Why do anything with it? Yes, if we sold it, we can. My, my mom, she always told us, and grandparents always told if you sell something, if you sell in land, only reason why you sell it is to buy more land. Right. Mm -hmm. So we never cash out to go and do something else with it. We are only time we cash out is to go and buy more investments. And that that's yeah. that's that house is basically like a fair family heirloom. So we just kind of keep that one as our gotcha. remembrance of, hey, remember when and when you start out small, this is what can happen if you just be patient and wait and go through the process. Yeah. So what was your first real estate investment project and then sure. how did that translate into what you're doing now and what what are you kind of doing nowadays okay so when i moved from illinois i moved to phoenix and got out here i was promised a job and that job was rescinded so i had my wife three kids all of the kids were under um i think my oldest was 12 and then the other were three and four 
got out here to Phoenix. The job was rescinded. So I'm 15, 2000 miles away from home. Yes. I had some cash flowing rentals back in Illinois, but it just, you know, it wasn't enough, you know, to, to live off of. So I really got into real estate wholesaling mm -hmm. and from there I started doing direct mail. That was all I knew. I had a $200 first premier credit card. If anybody know about first premier, that's a credit card that you get when you're trying to establish credit and trying to build credit. Mm -hmm. Right. So my credit was horrible. Didn't have much of an income. And I started with just writing handwritten yellow letters um, to homeowners and had a lady that give me a call. She owned a, it was a small little multifamily. It was, it was, a single family home, but then had like an ADU, an additional dwelling unit in the back. I didn't know what I was doing, Chris, right? So I made the offer, you know, to her. She accepted the offer. I still remember to this day uh, signing a contract with her. It wasn't a Starbucks. It was a, it was a pop belly, um, like barbecue place and okay. signed it. And then I was like, okay, got this deal, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. let me, uh, let me try and move it. So at the time, you know, I put it on Craigslist. Um, got it for 50. I put it on Craigslist for 70 and a guy said he'll buy it for 69. So that first deal, I made 19 grand off of it. I mean, nice. literally Chris, I was, I didn't know what I was doing. I, I had a ladder. I was on top of the roof of the house and all of this, not, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I know what I'm looking at, but why yeah. am I looking at this stuff? It's like, I'm just wholesaling <laughs> this deal out. And yeah, made 19 grand from that. And then from there, that just spawned everything else, man. And wow. we just continued to do it, built a company around it. Um, you know, virtual assistants, cold callers, all of that kind of kind of good stuff. You know what? But um, yeah, it's it's just it's just been working for me. Yeah, that's awesome. So your your game primarily now was you took that first wholesale deal and you built like a wholesale agency where you're just helping real estate investors find deals and Yep. Right. Yep. So that's, that's one arm of what, what I do. And then, you know, and I get a chance to cherry pick from the good ones in, and we keep them in and, and increase yeah. our portfolio because at the end of the day, and this is one thing that I always have to remind people um, in real estate is what was the reason why you got into real estate, right? Yeah. For the majority of us, I would say 99.9% .9 of us is passive income. We mm -hmm. want to be able to supplement our income with the property and create cash flow. So from there, you know, we have to keep that in mind. A lot of us, we get started and it's like, wow, you know what? Fixing flipping is good. Let me do that. Make some money. And then we start to fix and flip. But our whole goal is passive income. And I yeah. had to remember that, you know, so I was building this wholesale company, doing tons of deals, doing a lot of work. You know, and, and then I sat back and I remembered, I was like, you know what, this is not what I intended to do mm -hmm. as far as real estate investing, um, because I just created a job I created and it wasn't even a high paying job. When I, one of the things that I did, I evaluated um, the number of hours I worked, mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. know, against the against my net profits that I brought home, not the company brought home, yeah. but that I brought home. And it was like, man, what are you, you working for 20 bucks an hour? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So yeah. the light bulb clicked and I was like, you know what? Every opportunity, every deal that comes through, you know, my door I'm, I'm keeping and I'm trying to hold on to it because that's where the lasting 
wealth comes from is from holding assets. Yeah. So I'm super glad to finally have a wholesaler on the podcast. You're, you're my first like wholesaler that has a, a good amount of experience in that field on the podcast. And a lot of people have reached out and asked me about questions and I'm not a wholesaler and I've never worked with okay. a wholesaler. So I've never had good answers. So I, I have a good amount of questions for them. One is I want you to tell me, do you think wholesaling is real estate investing? I don't. Okay. I really don't. Um, cool. <laughs> and, and the reason being is because it's all transactional. It's just yeah. like a, it's just like a real estate agent. And and I'm a real estate agent in, in multiple states. You know, it's yeah. transactional. There's no investment strategy at all. It's how can I buy a property deep enough discount mm -hmm. and then push it on to somebody else and you get the delta in between yeah. now what you do with that money let's just say if you get that delta like i had that nineteen thousand mm -hmm. dollars and you put that into a cash flow and rental now you're a real estate investor yes. but just doing transactions no that's that's not real estate investing okay yeah I've, I've always told people you know from the outside or yeah from the outside in it looks like it's a business. You're not being a real estate investor if you're going to do wholesaling. You need to think of it as a business. And yep. there's there's different levels to that where if you're starting off, you're probably you know going to be that solopreneur. You're in the day job working it. You got to treat it as a job. You, it sounds yep. like you have VAs and other stuff where you know it's probably a little bit more passive now for, for you specifically in the day-to-day -day operations of that wholesale company. Um, but First, can you, before we go into like the, the building out of, of sure. some stuff, um, cause that's what a, a, some user or some listeners have asked around is like, how do they get started and stuff? Could you first just give us a brief overview of like the process of being a wholesaler and kind of running that business? And what is a, what does that actually look like? Okay, sure, sure. So first let's go over the definition of a, of a wholesale transaction, right? Absolutely. And that's, as a wholesaler, your responsibility, and you guys hear me clearly, your responsibility is to find problems, okay? Mm -hmm. Not find houses with deep discounts, not find sellers with, you know, that's that's motivated. Your, your primary responsibility is to find problems. And how you get paid is by solving those problems for those motivated sellers. Because a lot of people think is, I just need to find a motivated seller. Well, mm -hmm. Nine out of the 10 people that list their properties on the MLS, they're motivated to sell, right? But mm -hmm. at the right price, at the yeah. right price, they're motivated to sell. So basically what you want to do is you want to do some form of outbound marketing. That's cold calling, direct mail, text messaging, something like that to get your phone ringing, to get people to reach out to you and say, hey, you know what? I may be interested in selling or this is the problem that I'm facing. Can you help me solve this problem? Once yeah. you understand that you can solve that problem for a specific dollar amount, just like I said, my first deal, my specific dollar amount for solving that problem was $19,000. The lady, she was distressed. A landlord had tenants in the property and just didn't want to deal with it anymore because the tenants weren't, uh, they were paying rent, but they was keeping the property nasty. She was getting mm -hmm. letters from the city. So yeah. my answer to solving her problem was, hey, you know what? I can take on a responsibility of dealing with the tenants, getting them moved on and getting this property sold 
at a specific price. And that price point was purchasing that property at $50,000. Okay. And then my responsibility after that is to go out and find that end buyer to say, okay, I can purchase this property at $69,000. And now I will take on the headache of renovating the property, getting rid of all of the, you know, city fines, everything like that. And that way you solve, you solve the problem for the seller and you bring an opportunity to a buyer. That's the main definition of wholesaling is being able to solve problems for sellers and then eliminating those problems and then bringing a buyer in to an opportunity. Yeah. That's such a beautiful way to describe it as well, because like that's that whole solving, finding a problem and then solving it is the definition for any entrepreneurial endeavor, whatever business you're starting. And that just goes back to wholesaling is business, find a problem, solve Mm -hmm. the problem, get paid. That's, that's awesome. Um, And, 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 And mind you, Chris, I never said anything about, What's my profit? I'm looking for a profit. My whole thing was in the beginning, where's the problem? That's all you need to do. Focus on finding the problem. And there's problems all around you, but you have to talk. So if you want to be a wholesaler, guys, you have to get out there and you have to explain who you are and what you do and how you can help sellers. This is in the grocery store, at the bank, you know, anywhere to real estate agents other real estate investors you have to be vocal and 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 i don't want to i don't want to mislead anybody it's truly a grind you mm-hmm. know getting started is a grind you're going to do tons of things that you don't want to do you're going to talk to sellers or potential sellers or homeowners that cuss you out that say you know you're a scam everything like that but you have to brush that off and you have to keep going yeah so when when I hear a lot of people talk about wholesalers and getting started around wholesaling, it's build a cash buyers list, build or find find a deal. What do you think is truly like step one for someone who wants to be a wholesaler? Is it is it going and building cash buyers list? Is it going and finding your first deal and then worrying about the cash buyer? Is it something else? So so right, that's the chicken or the egg quandary, right? Yeah. Do I find a deal first or do I find a buyer? One of the things that I always say is it doesn't matter, right? Just take that, take the action. If you're yeah. going out there and you're looking for deals first, you got to know what a deal is mm-hmm. because one of the big mistakes I made in the beginning was I was going out. And like I said, I was sending letters, sending letters. The first opportunity that came to me, I jumped on it, but it wasn't a deal. But mm-hmm. what came from that was a person that said, Marcus, I see you put this out here. This is not a deal. Let me show you the way. Let me show you how to do it. Now, if I would have stayed at home and tried to figure out, okay, what do I do? Do I do a deal? Do I find a deal? Or do I find a buyer? I wouldn't have took action. I wouldn't have did anything. So mm-hmm. the main thing that I would say is just take action first. So if it's going out, you know, if you, you say, hey, I want to be comfortable and I want to find a buyer first. Go out to your local RIAs, go to meetups, meet with people and say, hey, you know what? I'm an aspiring wholesaler. I've never done a deal, but guess what? I'll get out there and I will look, you know, where you want me to look at. Where do you, where are you looking for your next deal at? And they'll tell you, hey, I'm looking in this certain section of the city or this zip code, you know, this is my buy box. It can't be over X amount of price and my level of rehab need to be below X. Yeah. Can you go into that term buy box real fast? What is it that 
real estate investors are putting in that that wholesalers need to ask for. Okay, so if you have a if you're if you're out there and you're looking for buyers, right, to build your buyers list first, you want to ask them what is their buy box. And buy box means what are you specifically looking for? What are you shopping for? Because I'm going to be your concierge. I'm going to go out and look for what you're looking for. So mm -hmm. that buy box is normally how old or new do you want the property? You know, is it between 1980 and 2010? Um, what's your what's your purchase price? You know, how mm. much are you willing to purchase for a property cash as is? Number three, are you truly cash or are you doing some sort of hard money financing, private lender? Because I want to know if I bring you a deal and this is smoking deal, I need you to move quickly. You don't have 30 days to get approved by Bank of America or Wells Fargo. We need to know if you are truly cash. Mm -hmm. And then um, four, what area are you looking for? Give me a specific zip code that you're looking for. Give me some cross streets or a section of the city that you're looking that you're looking in. And then five, um, what's your amount of rehab can you take on? So if I go and find you a property that needs to be scraped to the ground, but it's mm -hmm. a deal, are you willing to put that amount of money into a project like that? Or are you just looking for, you know, paint, lipstick, go in, rip out kitchen cabinets, <clears throat> yeah. you know, paint and update. So are you looking for a complete construction project or are you looking for an update? If you ask those five questions, you will be able to find out what that, that buyer's buy box is. And now you can go out and specifically look just for that form. Yeah. When you're looking at like, so you've gotten a lead on a potential property that you might, you know, take on and, and assign to someone. Do you worry about analyzing it as a rental or a flip or some other strategy and then trying to like say, hey, this could make a good one? Or are you just like, we know that this property as is should be worth this or could be worth this and we're getting it for this. So we're going to give it to you for yeah. Why? So, you know. so in these times now, right. Um, the majority of your buyers are landlords, mm -hmm. you know, because rents are higher, prices are higher. There's not in a lot of, a lot of places, there's not a lot of spread for fixing flippers to go in, you know, buy it deep, put mm -hmm. work into it and then resell it. So you want to analyze that property, you know, in two fashions, you want to look at it as, Hey, what can this sell for? to a landlord and what can it sell for to an investor? And then the third caveat is, can I run a numbers as a short-term rental or a midterm mm -hmm. rental and possibly move it to one of those investors? So you yeah. want to look at, you know, multiple, you want to have multiple exit strategies on that property. Okay. Hey, let me cut in here real fast. I'm Chris and I'm the host of the show you're listening to right now, but I'm also the founder of a platform called Ari. You know how we as real estate investors struggle with switching between multiple tools and software to manage our investments? Well, Ari is here to change that. It's a start to finish real estate investment platform that streamlines everything from deal analysis to funding. We de-risk lending opportunities and help you build trust with lenders and partners using our investor confidence score. And guess what? We've got a special lifetime deal for select investors, our foundation partnership offer. This gives you lifetime access to Ari's powerful tools and early access to updates. 
level up your real estate investing game and check out Ari today at www.ari.io. That is www.areii.io. Trust me, you will not regret it. So one of the things that I love to talk about on, on the show is tools, software systems that you utilize in your investing that you think are very valuable. So the way I like to talk about it is what are your weaknesses? And you might have to think back to when you got started, if, if you have a lot of teams mm-hmm. and people in place that, you know, covering those now. So where were you weak at? How did you kind of solve some of those problems? What tools, system softwares do you use that you think are really valuable that help you in your business? Or one of one of my issues was comping properties. So really analyzing mm-hmm. the deal. What's the value if with this property completely fixed up? What's the market value of the property? And that's comping. And a lot of people in the beginning have issues with comping because they want to try and be perfect. They want to get it right. Mm-hmm. But if you have three appraisals come out to one property, you're going to get three different values from each appraisal. Yeah. So we use a system called PropStream. That's PropStream.com. Um, I can give you, I have a, like a seven day free trial that people can use, Chris. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And I'll, I'll, I'll get the link for you towards the end. Okay. Um, but what PropStream does is it gives you basically MLS access in the palm of your hand, right? So if you're not a renter, I mean, if you're not a, um, real estate agent, you can't really go in and analyze a property. Yeah, you can look at Zillow, you can look at Redfin, things like that, but sometimes that data is skewed. So yeah. we use uh, PropStream so we can go in the back end, we can see who the owner is, how long they own the property, what they bought the property for, if they have a note on the property, if so, kind of what the what the note balance is, um, how many additional properties that they own, things like that. So we can wow. really do a deep dive before we even get on the phone and talk to that seller. We already know the crux of what's going on with this property before they even tell us. So now we're on the phone and we're just verifying what we already know. We have yeah. a seller to verify what we already know. And sometimes, you know, sellers just say, um, yeah, well, I got a, I, I don't have a mortgage on a property. We paid it off, yada, yada, yada. And then, you know, our team would say, or even me, because I still get on the phone sometimes just to keep, yeah. you know, the skills sharp, you yeah. know, say, hey, you know what? I was looking, you know, at our data because we are a professional company and it looks like you may have, you know, a mortgage balance of X. Maybe you took out a second mortgage that you forgot about. You know, am, am I missing the mark here? Or is there something that, I'm just not aware of. And then they'll, they'll come forth and say, Oh, you know what? Yeah. We got a second mortgage. We have a balance of X, Y, or Z. And then now they know, okay, I better be clean and better be upfront because yeah. these people know exactly what's going on with the property. So that's a uh, propstream.com or they can, you know what? I'll make it even easier for you, Chris, for your listeners. They can go to Marcus E and right at the top at the header, It'll say, um, you know, get your seven day free trial, a prop stream. Okay. Awesome. It's, it's, it's a, it's a wonderful tool. It's, um, it's like 99 bucks a month, but again, there's a seven day free trial. 
I would tell all of your listeners, go in, try it, especially if they're looking for properties. And this is not just for wholesalers, but it's for landlords, you know, that's looking to buy properties because all of the deals are primarily off market. So if, and you can put filters in there, you know, to say, Hey, I'm looking for vacant properties. I'm looking for, Mm -hmm. you know, people that are going through bankruptcy. I'm looking for people that have liens on that property. You can sort like that, you know, per zip code, per city, per county, it's, it's it's very I could see tool. I could see wholesalers you know the skills that wholesalers have being very valuable for any real estate investor regardless of your strategy having those skills to find off market deals talk yep. to those sellers negotiate good purchase prices you still need those skills as a real estate investor I've had to use them for flips I've had to use them for buying my own rental properties yep. negotiating with realtors <laughs> you know so like it it all works out um one last thing on like the the systems and before mm-hmm. we get into um the the last couple of questions that I ask kind of all the all the the the, the people mm-hmm. could you give the audience like a good opener like they call the sell the 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 person who's you know got a, they want to buy their home do you do you have like a script that your your people follow for like a the opener of like hey I'm random wholesaler person. I want to buy your house for super cheap. How do you approach that conversation? What should they actually be sell, telling these people? And how do they, I, I've never done cold calls. Okay. Yep. <laughs> that scares the heck out of me. <laughs> so perfect. I mean, if, if you got, if you got a moment, Chris, we could do a quick role play. That way your listeners sure. can understand exactly what they need to, to ask in order for it to be a successful call. Yeah. And when you guys, when we do this role play, guys, just listen attentively and then you'll be able to break this down and listen back to the podcast and kind of see how that, see how everything flowed. So that'd be awesome. All right. So Chris, you'll be the, you'll be the seller. Absolutely. And I'll be myself and we'll just do a random, random cold call. So sounds good. Phone rings, ring, ring, ring. Hello, this is Chris. Hey, Chris, this is Marcus Maloney. I am calling about your property at 123 Main Street. So before you hang up, I just want to let you know that you're dealing with a reputable company. And I want to make sure that you are interested in selling your property. If we give you, you know, a great offer. Is that something that you'll be interested in? I mean, yeah, if it's a great offer, I'd be totally game for selling. Okay, perfect, perfect. So this is what I want to do. If you give me a few moments, I'm going to ask you, you know, we're just going to have a candid conversation, you know, just be transparent as possible. That way I can try and produce the best offer for you. Okay. So um, getting started, why, why are you even interested or kicking tires on selling? Um, You know, I, uh, this is a property that I've owned for a little bit. It's, um, you know, it's got some tenants in it, but I know that there's some some repairs that are probably going to be coming up here soon. I just really don't want to deal with it. Okay. Now, did you primarily buy that property as an investment or was it a primary residence and then you kind of um, moved to another property and decided to rent that property out? Yeah, it, it was our, our primary residence uh, for a couple of years. And then we moved out and um, I, I do a little bit of real estate investing. So um, put a tenant in it and yeah, just. Okay. Yeah. How, how long have, um how long have it been tenanted? You know, like how long have you been doing this with the property? 
uh, almost almost two years. Two years. Okay, yeah. two years. And you're interested in selling already? Yeah, um, we have, as a side note, I'm actually using a real property for this in my head. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's even so, better. So this is a real story. So we have, I know that the AC unit is about to go out. Um, it's it's coming on the older side. Um, okay. It's just a, a unique property. We, we're pretty far away from it, so I can't really manage it anymore um so I, I, we could use the money in other areas and other real estate investing so okay so a couple of things i heard there you're self-managing correct mm -hmm. yes sir all right and then how far are you away from the property because you said you're a little bit a ways away from it we're, we're, we're about a thousand miles away about wow chris <laughs> how are you self-managing the property a thousand miles away uh we actually um really aren't we we travel back there about every six months and 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 take a peek at it so okay so every six months so two times out of the out of the year you're going yeah. back to look at the property yeah what would happen and maybe something did already happen what happened if there was a major mechanical breakdown or a furnace or like you said the ac unit mm -hmm. went out at three o'clock in the morning and you're a thousand miles away yeah, luckily, luckily, nothing has happened. Um, if right? something luckily. did, yeah, if something <laughs> did, um, it'd probably be a bit of a challenge. And okay, I'm not gonna lie, we've had um, we had the basement flood, um, but other, other than that, nothing, nothing severe has happened yet. So okay, so when that basement flooded, how did how did you guys how did and and you're married? Are you married? We we are. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I am. Yeah. So. <laughs> so how did, how did, how did you, how did you and your wife, how did your family, you know, deal with that, that flood issue? Yeah. Luckily the, they didn't have anything in the basement, um, too valuable when it did. So there wasn't a whole lot of like tenant property damage. Um, okay. and then we knew that that was a possibility. And so the, the tenants actually ended up putting in a, a sump pump themselves. Um, wow. Okay. The, Great tenant. Yeah. Yeah. Great tenant. So I hired a plumber and put that in there. Okay. So then let me ask you this, um, Chris, you're a thousand miles away from the property. Um, this was your primary, primary residence. What did you move? Did you guys move for a job or what took you guys a thousand miles away? Yeah. More, more um, opportunity here in Florida uh, where we live now. This is, this, this property is in Southeast Missouri. So just a, a okay. little bit more opportunity for the stuff that we want to do now and in the future. Oh, okay. So SEMO, Southeast Missouri, very yeah. familiar. I went to school down um, in Carbondale, Illinois. Okay. Yeah. Uh, SIU Saluki. So I'm familiar with, familiar with the area. Yeah, definitely know it. So, yeah. okay. So, and you got out of the weather. So that's, yeah. that's, well, great. that's great. <laughs> I don't know. It's like 105 million <laughs> degrees out here in Florida now, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happens. You know what? But it's, it's better than snow, right? Yeah, in the winter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so you're in Florida. The property is in Southeast Missouri. Uh, you have tenants in there. And are these the same tenants that been in place? Yes. Yep. Okay. So they, yeah, we, we master leased agreed almost the entire property. It's that house. It has a trailer on it. And then we had my wife's salon on the property all in one. So they, they took ownership or well, not ownership. They took lease yep. of all three buildings and they're subleasing the other two out. Okay. Wow. Okay. Sounds like a great piece of property. Um, if you don't mind me asking, 
um, are you still carrying a mortgage or anything on that property? And then again, Chris, yeah. I'm not trying to be intrusive, just trying to yeah. make sure no, I can no. get you the best offer. No, it's it's about um, 50% leverage, so to 50 to 75%. We have a, a uns- we have a line of credit on it as well. Um, okay. So with, with the line of credit, uh, it's about 75% um, leveraged out right now. Okay. You got a, got a dollar amount, like how much you owe left on the property and you don't have to give me real, real numbers, Chris. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it's like 150 to okay. maybe 175, somewhere around in that range. Okay. 150 to 175. All right. Yeah. Sounds fair enough. And you got three, three, um, three properties or three structures on that one property. Yeah. All three of them are being rented out. Um, what's your, your lease amount with your current tenants? 2,100 a month. 2,100 a month. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And then is that 2,100 a month covering like your mortgage plus any repairs, taxes, insurance, and everything like that? Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Covers itself. Uh, nets uh, a little bit of cash flow. Um, okay. Yeah. Perfect. Now you were, you were telling me about the, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna speed it up and start wrapping it up, Chris, but you were telling me about the AC unit, any other damages that might be on Uh, the horizon? Yeah. We we took care of some of them. It's just like the, um, mostly the AC unit, uh, just reached the end of it. It's getting towards the end of its life. I think it's over 20 years old. And then we had a repair technician come out before and, I don't know what type of the freezing stuff or what the coolant stuff that they mm-hmm. use Okay, is no longer produced. So he told us that at some point we're going to have to replace it anyways, because they won't be able to continue doing repairs for a whole lot longer yeah. since yeah. they don't. So we, we know we're reaching the end of that. I think the roof is, is fairly close to the end of its okay. life. Um, so, yeah. Okay. And now have you, have you, and and there's a lot more that I can ask about this property, you know, like how many bedrooms, bathrooms, the trailer, if the trailer is, you know, older than 1968, you know, do you, is it affixed to the ground or is it not affixed to the ground? Um, There's a lot that I can ask you, but just for the sake of, (laughs) yeah, just for the sake of this conversation, did you have any idea what you wanted or what you needed to get for this property, Chris, in order for it to be a successful transaction? for you yeah i'd like to see if if we could get like 250 out of it that'd be pretty cool i think when we're looking at leaving we're we're estimating the value about 250 okay any particular reason why 250 is that hard number for you um we were just basically like when we were moving and we're considering selling it or renting it out or whatever we're going to do with it we had kind of estimated that we'd probably list it for about 250 so if, if we could do that that'd be pretty cool Okay. So if we're looking at, at, let's just say 250 as your soft number, right? Yeah. And if you list it, you know, only way you'll be able to sell that property for it to, because at 250, you're probably looking at a possible FHA buyer, maybe. Mm-hmm. So that's repairing the AC unit, repairing the, um, you know, the rough, who's to say what's going on with the trailer and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. Plus commissions, fees, may have to do a concession to the uh to the buyer now in this market you know is is that 250 number is that the best you could possibly possibly do um i mean maybe a little bit more i, I don't know what the commissions on that off the top of my head would be but um if we didn't have to worry about paying that and then 
didn't have to worry about doing any of the repairs. I mean, there's there's definitely some some room in there. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. So there's some room in there. I'll definitely talk to my um talk to my partner and see how much room that we may be able to offer you on this property. Uh let me last question before we wrap up here. Your yeah. current tenants that's in place, right? Mm-hmm. Have you have you pitched to them since they're already doing a master lease? Have you pitched to them buying a property? Um sort of kind of we talked about it they're in a position where they want to be real estate investors eventually but they have some personal troubles that they're working through um so we'll we'll see okay yeah. all right well let me see um so you're at you're thinking selling it at 250 let's see deduct real estate commissions on <clears throat> on Six percent of that two fifty. What's that? That's two five seven fifty. That's what about fifteen grand, sixteen grand, somewhere around there. Then you have the AC unit roof. You know, let's just say another fifteen grand there. Mm. So that's thirty grand in fees right there. So now you're down to two twenty, and that's Mm. if you get. Uh, that's if you get the listing price of $250,000. Okay. Yeah. Let me see what I can do. Cause sounds like you're already down to 220. Is that fair enough to say? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Chris, let me, let me talk to my, talk to my partner and I'll get back with you and see exactly what we can offer. Okay. Sounds okay. fair. Yeah. Easy conversation, right? Yeah. It wasn't a script. It wasn't, you know, let me ask a question and then, you know, ask another question. It was, let's just be inquisitive. Let's just find out what's going on with the property and see how we can help. Now there's, I could, this, this conversation could have went on, you know, a lot. Cause you said it's three structures. I would have asked about the the three roofs on each, each structure, you know, like I said, the trailer and how is water coming to the property and, and everything like that. So I could have really dug in and made you think like, wow, I chose a pretty poor property for for a short (laughs) conversation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It's good because the listeners can really hear all of the things that you can really dig into. You know, I could have dug into the tenants you know, are they current on their lease? You know, have you had any issues with them? Because what I'm, what I'm doing is I'm looking for the problem. Yeah. Okay. Chris wants to sell the property. Him and his wife wants to sell the property. Why do they want to sell it? What's the issue? So one of the issues that I gathered from that conversation is, you know, you're just tired of managing the property and flying back to Southeast Missouri in order to deal with it. Mm -hmm. And God forbid anything huge comes up on the horizon. It would be a, a huge undertaking for you guys to manage that issue. So yeah. that's kind of the way I would weave my way into that. But one of the things that I want the listeners to hear is you see how he went from 250 to 220. Yeah. With no so trouble a, at all. Yeah. No trouble at all. A 30 grand deduction. Right. And then I said, Hey, let me talk to my partner to see where we could be at. So I left, um, a sprinkle of doubt in your mind, knowing that, okay, they're going to come back with a number, but I don't think it's going to be that 220 is going to be a little bit lower. So I was yeah. just anchoring you, you know, a little lower again. So yeah. we could have went through this, you know, that could have been, you know, a good 45 minute conversation yeah. or a, a good follow-up call. So guys, just, just that quick role play just shows you how you can bring somebody down 
off their number without negotiating. That wasn't a yeah. negotiation. Yeah. Didn't, didn't, you know, from, from my perspective as the, the, you know, the homeowner in that role, like I didn't feel, you know, like you were, you were pushing me or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Felt very natural. Made sense right. when you, you're like, you know, talking about the commissions and the fees and all that stuff. And um, yeah, I felt, felt pretty good. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I and I could have one thing I didn't touch on, too, is the capital gains. That's not your primary residence anymore. So when you yep. sell that property, you're going to have a huge tax liability. Hey, yeah. how about we roll instead of you having that tax liability, you know, sell it to us on subject to or something like that. That way, yeah. you know, you don't have that huge tax liability and you still get, you know, possibly some passive income off the property. But like you said, yeah. Chris. We never go into it as we're negotiating, we're trying to drive down a price or anything like that. We just try to see if we're fit. And yep. that's simply it. Yeah, that was good. Um, all right. So we are, are coming up on the hour. So I'm going to get to the last three questions. First off, is there any final advice that you would give starting or scaling real estate investors? Sure. Um, when, whatever you start on, just be consistent mm -hmm. with it. Uh, don't get so wrapped up into seeing what other people are doing on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat, just to stay focused yeah. on what you have to do because their journey and their path is not your path. Yeah. You know, it took me 10 months to get my first deal. And during that time, I had to block out everything and I had to focus on exactly what I needed to focus on. And that's one of the things that I say is be consistent and be very poignant to what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. Awesome. Um, second to last question. Uh, where can people find out more about you? Where would you like people to connect with you at? Anything sure. like that? Uh, all of my social media handles is MRCS Maloney. That's M-R-C-S-M-A-L-O-N-E-Y at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, threads. And then we have the We Love Equity Real Estate Show podcast that they can always listen to or just go to Marcus E. Maloney. That's E as in equity, Maloney.com. And um, yeah, you can find all of my information there. Awesome love that podcast um and then final question was there any question that i should have asked you that i didn't ask you that i forgot about slipped my mind anything you think of you know what that's a good question chris i'm gonna steal that question <laughs> i stole it too i've mentioned it on a couple other episodes and actually who's the last episode I, I the guy who i got it from was the last uh, person I interviewed just released on Monday, uh, Josh Wilson with the Deal Scout. It's a okay. great question, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is yeah. a great question. Um, What's next, right? What's next, yeah. Yeah, like what's next for me Um, right now? Again, our family, we're, we're really trying to scale up our residential group home services for youth. Okay. So we're trying to not only do real That's estate awesome. investing, but now we are making sure we have a social 
conscious effort behind what we're doing. So yeah. we're working with the state of Illinois and with the Department of Children and Family Services and providing shelter for kids that have had failed adoptions <clears throat> or had some issue, you know, within the family. So we're, we're mm -hmm. not only purchasing properties, but we're purchasing properties for a specific purpose now yeah. versus just a passive income. That's incredible. Love that, man. Yep. Um, Marcus, thank you so much for being on the show today. This was great. I know I've definitely there's a few specific listeners who have been asking for some wholesale stuff. So um very glad finally got someone on the show to to give some listeners some some good insight. Actually, one other final thing that you could probably do specifically for those listeners is they asked me for a course or, or some sort of like educational resource specifically for wholesaling. Do you know of anyone or like that you would recommend that they go and learn specifically about wholesaling from? Yeah, actually me and my partner, Mike, Mike Delpre, Mike is yeah. the executive director of Asriel, which is the largest real estate investors association here in the country. Me and him, we have, mm what's called the deal finders club. Okay. Um, so we have our waiting list that's up. They can go to azdfc.com. That's az as in Arizona, dfc, dealfindersclub.com. They can join the waiting list. And trust me, guys, it's not $30,000, $40,000 or anything like that. And you'll be learning directly from myself and yeah. Mike. I have over 10 years doing this. Mike have over 12 years doing this. So you have... 22 years of experience and we just added uh brandon simmons who talks all about creative deal structures so subject to seller finance um all of those creative structures nice. now have been a bolt on to our program um and you join that waiting list you can get that early bird special so we'll definitely okay. love to have you in the program yeah that'd be great is the so it's arizona deal finder club is the is it only for Arizona people nope. or okay? No, nope. we talk, we just, we just named it AZDFC, but again, yeah. I do deals in Illinois here in Arizona. My partner does Perfect. deals in Cleveland, Pittsburgh, all around. So we could talk, we could talk the gambit and awesome. And um, it's not just an online course, but you meet with us weekly for 10 weeks and we go over the course. So it's more of a hands-on approach versus, okay. Hey, you know what? take this homework and go do it. And then I'll see you in 10 weeks when it's time to repay. No, we, Perfect. we really love to be in with our, with our members. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Marcus, so much. Listeners got a ton out of this. I know um, I got a ton out of it. Uh, yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate it. Giving me the opportunity to speak with your listeners. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Top Investor Podcast. If you are a real estate investor, we want to connect with you. Like our favorite quote from Ralph Waldo Emerson says, every man I meet is my superior in some way, and in that I learn from him. We believe we can learn something from everyone, so even if you are just starting out on your real estate investing journey, head over to the link in the description to connect with us, and we would love to hop on a call with you. Also, be sure to subscribe to the show and follow us on the socials at Top Investor Pod. While you're at it, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review so we can help more people become top investors. Until next time, this is Chris Marshall signing off. Go out and become a top investor.
See you around.